Welcome to Red Maryland Radio, the Red Maryland Network's flagship show. Here are your hosts, Brian Griffiths and Greg Klein. And we are live in another special Wednesday edition of Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network, coming to you from the Al Davis Studio on the Bucolic Western Shore of Maryland, along the banks of the semi-historic Magnetic River. You are listening to the voice of Maryland, Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am your host, Brian Grivers, with me in studio, Greg Klein. Good to be here. We got a lot going on tonight, Greg. Uh, we do. We're going to talk about the Comptroller's, uh, the Comptroller's Beer Commission has come back with its uh, with its recommendations. The um, there's a study that says the state government is understaffed. Yeah. Okay. All right. Um, there's also a, the the world's greatest Darwin Award nomination is about to be about to happen. Yeah, you hit me to this. This is crazy. And uh, and and also, oh by the way, the Red Maryland November poll results and the right. nominees to the 2017 Red Maryland Award. I, I have not seen them, so I will learn with you all on the air. Right. So and if, by the way, your phone calls too seven six zero two five nine two seven one one. Right before we went on the air, I learned that Greg is insisting on ham for Thanksgiving. No, no, you didn't learn that. You learned that we're having ham in lieu of turkey this year. That's what you learned. See, in, in, my in, wife and in her infinite wisdom realized there's no point on having both. Saved herself a lot of trouble. I went out and got a ham from the good people at the Honey ba- Baked Ham Company, and we're having ham. So it'll be wonderful Thanksgiving, and I hope all of you enjoy your turkeys or whatever. And enjoy Thanksgiving as well. Indeed. Indeed. But as we know, all right-thinking Americans are having turkey. I, it's traditional. I, I get it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Every That's year. Fine. Every year. It's Greg's choose you your choose own adventure tradition, Thanksgiving. I choose flavor. It's fine. It's okay. It's America. That's well, what makes it great. What's, uh, hold on. Turkey doesn't have flavor? What? What? You... Th- I'm not going to you know you know what you're baiting me into this we do this every year I'm not going to do it I'm not going to get into there's no serious discussion about whether ham tastes better than turkey we all That know. is correct. Okay. All right, no, so, you are right. There okay. is no serious right. discussion turkey that turkey is, tastes tur- better I'm than sorry. ham. I'm yes. sorry. Turkey is wonderful and flavorful. Okay? Like a good steak you don't even have to do anything to it except fix it properly. And it tastes wonderful. Let me ask you Absolutely. a question though. Are you are you getting did you get the the, the Southern Maryland stuffed ham? No, no, this is a conventional honey-baked okay. spiral-cut ham that we're getting. Those are good, though. Have you ever had them? I haven't. It's good. Good stuff. Because what do they stuff them with? I think it's just conventional stuffing. It's like you would, you would stuff anything else with. Okay. I mean, Fair. you could go real super Maryland and get, like, an oyster stuffing or something in it, but I think it's a conventional-type stuffing that they stuff it with. It's not like a turducken. You ever had turducken? I have not. Turducken's good. I'm. I, you know what? Alpine Steakhouse, Sarasota, Florida. There you go. Tamiani Trail. Trust me, you go down to spring, folks, you go down to spring training, you go to Alpine Steakhouse. Trust me on this. Magnifique. I like a steakhouse, I like a good steakhouse, but we are way off topic. We are way off topic, and what else is Magnifique is craft beer, and craft beer is what Comptroller Peter Francho is hoping to, uh, you know, is is hoping to help start a little more of here, you know, keep these businesses in Maryland. We talked about the the session last year, got kind of waylaid by these issues, the legislature for many years is kind of beholden. It's a kind of a bipartisan thing. They're kind of beholding to this beer alcohol distributor system that we have in Racket Maryland. Racket is the word you were looking that for. That goes back to the end of prohibition. It is it is completely antiquated, but it is buoyed by a lot of donations. Mm-hmm. And the comptroller, being somewhat independent-minded, being somewhat 
seeing perhaps a political opportunity, certainly believing in this issue has kind of taken the side of brewers and, you know, kind of independent consumers, too, by the way. And consumers, ultimately, yes, I, I totally agree with you and wanting to get rid of some of these old restrictions and just, you know, move move ultimately something towards something that's more just like a market based. You want to brew beer? You want to sell it in your place? You want to distribute it? You don't need some special restrictions to do that or some special license from the state to do that. We're not going to make you go through this distributor nonsense. We're going to let you do it. And and he put a task force together and, and, and uh, came up with some. And the Baltimore Sun headline, Comptroller Francho seeks to lift cap on craft beer, craft beer production sales. That's easy for me to say. Maryland Comptroller Peter Francho unveiled a legislative package Monday that would make sweeping changes to the state's regulation of craft breweries. Francho's 12-point Reform on Tap Act of 2018. <laughs> I get jokes. Would eliminate <laughs> limits. Would eliminate limits on sales. Eliminate limits. That is a sentence. Um, on sales from tap rooms and for take-home consumption from the state's breweries. I would have gone with remove there. I, yes, I agree. It also would eliminate limits on beer production for breweries that faced caps and let localities set tap room hours. Yeah, see, this is, I mean, these restrictions, and we talked about them last year, we're not talking about health and safety regulations. Right. We're talking about protecting this three-tiered system where you have producers, distributors, and then you have retailers. And there were producers who wanted to kind of deal, kind of wanted to be retailers themselves. Right. And, and, you know, the legislature, because... And, and I've been I've been critical even of some of our friends on the Republican side. They get a lot of money from these distributors, and they insist that this is just kind of the way it's been, and we have to do some some sort of compromise. Even though I've never heard it well articulated from a policy perspective, especially from a conservative point of view, why we need all this? Yeah, we don't. But that's another story. But that'll be the debate next year. The proposal is intended to do away with regulations Franchot said have stifled one of the state's most promising economic engines. Despite the impressive growth and performance of our craft brewing industry, we simply cannot ignore the fact that our laws and regulatory framework have stood in the way of their limitless potential, Francho said. I think that's kind of overselling it, it but we've seen bit. this be successful in other states, and, and Maryland's kind of antiquated laws, going back to prohibition, are kind of holding it back. There's no question about that. The proposal would follow legislation approved earlier this year that quadrupled the amount of beer breweries can serve up to 2,000 barrels or close to 500,000 pints. The legislation, designed to pave the way for a new Guinness brewery and taproom in Baltimore County, also stipulated that breweries could serve an additional 1,000 barrels if they sold the brewery to a wholesaler, then bought it back, and limiting operating hours for new taprooms. Which is crazy. Microbreweries attached to restaurants can serve up to 4,000 barrels on site. Fancho's proposal could set up lawmakers for another lengthy debate about breweries for a second consecutive year. Derek, Delegate Derek Davis who presided over hours of debate about breweries during the General Assembly's last session as chair of the Economic Matters Committee, which oversees alcohol issues, said he wasn't sure the state needed additional changes to its brewery regulations. I'm trying to figure out what problem we're trying to correct, he said, and that's spoken like a true part of the democratic machine. We have all of these laws and regulations which are antiquated and putting money in our donors' pockets. I don't know what the problem yeah, is. Yeah, when you look at his campaign finance report and see all the money from distributors, then you start to understand why he doesn't see a problem here. Yeah. Why why should there be a limit if I own a brewery and I want to open a restaurant attached to it? Why should I be limited in how much I can produce? Why should I be limited to, to the amount of beer that I can 
distribute to people. I can right. sell to people who want to come to my premises to yeah. buy beer. Yeah. Why are there limits on that? Still, well, again, we're not well, talking about a safety issue here or something like that. This is a perfectly safe product. It's just, yeah, I'm sorry. Still, know. the Prince George's County Democrat said he is willing to hear out advocates. We want to make Maryland as business friendly as we can, Davis said. If we can make something better, we'll most definitely do it. New legislation also could reignite debate within the industry about how expanded sales by breweries affect restaurants, liquor stores, and distributors. Yeah, how it is going to affect them. Yeah, it might, you know what? It might put some of them out of business. Or Mo- it might limit what they can offer. It might make them less competitive because the government's not protecting them. But why should we? Jack Milani, a legislative co-chair of the Maryland State Beverage Association, said he is concerned <laughs> about the idea of unlimited production and sales, but that he wants to see the full proposal before passing judgment. Milani, who served in the task force, said as, one of, as of Monday afternoon, he had not received a copy of the proposal or memo about its contents from the comptroller's office. Our concern is to make sure any legislation that's looked at takes into consideration that there are a lot of family-owned businesses that are retailers, and anything that's proposed is fair to everyone, said Milani, who is co-owner of Monaghan's Pub in Baltimore. By the way, can I point out something here for a second? Yeah, go ahead. As somebody who is a connoisseur, if you will, of craft beer, Maryland craft beer, a beer snob. I got. I'm a beer snob. I this this whole concern from from Melania about the family-owned businesses that are retailers. Okay, look, retailers are going to always have a place. I'm not going to drive from brewery to brewery to pick up a six-pack of beer. I'm going to go to a retailer which has multiple different breweries available, so that I can pick up, you know, multiple types of beer if I so choose. So that I have right. a variety of different breweries to choose from. Right. I the I don't think. And again, I haven't seen the final version of this either, of course. Right. But you have to suspect, Greg, that the issue here is strictly about breweries and the amount of beer that breweries can sell at their own individual locations. This is not going to – there's no way that, if done correctly, yeah. that this is going to affect retailers. Well, I mean, this is like any other product. Right. I mean, it's, I mean – we don't say, wow, there's mom and pop stores that sell, you know, widgets, and we don't want local widget makers to be able to sell directly because we want to protect a local store that sells widgets. So, no, we don't do that, and we shouldn't do that. Right. The only reason it exists here is because we have antiquated uh, alcohol regulations on this product that are different from every other product. Right. I mean, you know, nobody's worried about the mom and pop grocery stores or the mom and pop you know, retail stores or the mom and pop hardware stores nope. that get run out by bigger companies. I mean, we don't have manufacturing that goes straight to people's people's whatever. But you see what I'm saying here. Why are why should we be concerned if mom and pop's local, you know, package store can't be competitive and getting me the product that I want from the big distributor down the or the big you know, the the place it's brewing it that I can go right there and get it from. If they're not competitive, why should we be protecting them? Exactly. The Comptroller's Office has asked Governor Hogan to submit the legislation as a departmental bill. Such bills are generally heard by the legislature, though it's not required. I imagine that will probably happen. Yeah. Francho said the legislative package is based on the fine. I can think of one person in the administration. I know who will hand deliver it. Really, really encouraging that. Um French said the legislative pact is based on the findings of the task force. He convened in response to the brewery legislation. An economic impact study by the state's Bureau of Revenue Estimates commissioned by Franchise task force found the craft brewery industry contributed $802.7 million to the state's economy and supported about 6,500 jobs in 2016. 
Craft beer production in Maryland grew at an annual rate of 15%, lagging behind the national annual growth rate of 18%. Francho blamed antiquated laws and burdensome regulations for stifling growth and discouraging new breweries from opening. According to the task force report, Maryland's regulations on craft breweries are far tighter than those in our surrounding states. Yeah. For example, breweries in those states are not limited in how much beer they can sell on site, and none have a buyback provision akin to Maryland's, according think to of another Think of another product where you'd have those kinds of restrictions. Think of, I mean, if you made donuts, there would never be, it would be crazy to say, well, you can only make and sell so many donuts out of your donut shop. That would be crazy. Or you have to, or if you want to sell more donuts, you have to sell it to a distributor and then buy it back. Right. Or Which realistically is only a cash transfer. I mean, you, you the right. product probably and, doesn't and, leave. And, and not to be silly about it, but the reality is beer and donuts, the only difference are a couple of ingredients. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay. That's really what we're talking about here. It's crazy. In addition to eliminating caps on how much breweries can produce and sell, the legislation would eliminate the buyback provision and give local jurisdictions oversight of taproom operating hours. The legislation would also roll back the rules that prevent self-distribution at very small breweries and limit contract brewing in which a startup brewer hires a larger one to make his beer. So that's what all this basically boils down to is the fact that this is the comptroller's office going in and proposing far-reaching legislation – that allows a product to get to market with fewer hoops and red tape for both the consumer and the manufacturer, and, and That's let what the market and let yeah, and let the market decide if there's a place in the market for the distributor from the the small local retail shop, then they'll survive. If not, they won't. I mean, I, this is exactly the kind of thing that. Government shouldn't be picking winners and losers and shouldn't be getting in the way because in this case particularly, it's they're showing that it's having some impact on positive economic growth. I mean, even 15% increase in that industry, by the way, is astounding. Um, And at any time, especially in this economy, I know our economy is starting to pick up, but still, that's pretty amazing. Um, You know, I don't think our state's economy is going to be based on brewing beer. But this is an industry I've that's, heard that's worse needless. ideas. Well, yeah, that's probably true too. Uh, not weed. Much. No, well, <laughs> weed would grow a lot faster than that. It would be a lot more heavily regulated, even if it was legalized, than this would be. But we, I digress. Uh, but anyway, I, we should get rid. They're antiquated laws. They really are. And and I hope that especially um, our friends on the on the Republican side, who in the past have kind of been part of this whatever um protection racket okay that's a little harsh but this kind of three-tier system this compromise that was reached last year and i think some of the guys in the house felt like the senate kind of they had a deal and the senate kind of went back on them and there's all kinds of that that was going on last year as well now that we're going in fresh i mean it's election year so who knows what's going to happen right but i would hope that conservatives republicans would look at this and say, hey, you know what? Let's get rid of needless regulations on business and let the market decide. I hope we'd see that. So here, that's that's the good news story, okay? Now let's go to the bad news story, okay? And you will never believe that this is actually happening. Now, Greg, you remember that- Governor, I don't know how good a news story that is, but it's something- Governor positive. Governor Governor Hogan said uh, came in to reduce the size of government, amongst other things, lower taxes, 
he's done, government yes, opera back. Yes. He's done a hell of a job of that, by the way, in case you haven't been paying well, attention. Well, uh, some say he's doing too good a job of it, apparently. Headline, Baltimore Sun, Maryland government needs more staff to perform mission, analysts say. This is a real headline in the Baltimore Sun. It is, yes. The executive branch of Maryland state government needs to fill 1,200 vacancies and create another 1,200 new positions to carry out essential functions. Functions, Legislative anal- analysts, wow, legislative analysts have concluded. <laughs> Talking is hard. Do you want me to take over here? No, I'm do. good. Okay. The Department of Legislative Services has told the General Assembly Spending Affordability Committee that the abol- that, that abolition of more than seven thousand wow, seventy seven hundred positions in state government by governors of both parties since two thousand two has left the government seriously understaffed. Can I just pause right there? Yes. This is a this is a committee whose job is to make sure we don't spend too much money, who's saying we need to create twenty five hundred twenty four hundred. Hire twenty five hundred more people, yeah. Into state government. Yeah. That they think that's their job. The department which, quote, analyzes lawmakers of both parties. You can't see air quotes on the radio. Yeah, it's bipartisan. Said it reached those conclusions after a two-year review of staffing needs based largely on laws, regulations, and studies by the agencies themselves. That's that's reliable. <laughs> the findings, which echoes claims complete recent... Wow. Which echo claims made repeatedly by state employee unions potentially yeah. conflicts with efforts by Governor Hogan to contain the size of the government. And, ah, now yeah. we understand what's going on here. Yes. Warren Deschanel, the department's chief analyst for now, said the staffing levels have been kept down by efforts over the years to limit state spending. Yes. You know, the constitutional requirement to have a balanced budget. Yeah. The executive branch, in excluding higher education, currently employs about 49,500 workers. One of the ways of saving money is not to fill positions, Deschanel said. That becomes a problem when you impair your ability to do the job. A spokesman for Hogan disputed the findings and questioned the legislative analyst's decision to brief the committee before completing a more comprehensive personnel report expected to be released next month. I don't know how this report was even created, the spokesman Doug Mayer said. To say there's some kind of shortfall of state employees is just nonsense. Yeah, he's right. I mean, look, I, if what's interesting is I don't hear people in the public saying, oh... Things are out of control, and you're going to talk about some of the specific That's areas that they bring not. up. They're not. It's the public employees unions who are seeing their influence diminish because they're fewer dues-paying members. Okay? And the governor has, rather than firing people or laying them off, just hasn't filled vacant positions. It is a standard technique that, that right. managers in, in all, you know, all area public and private businesses and private public and private entities do. Yeah. And... The governor has has been trimming the budget, uh, you know, finding ways to be more efficient, getting his agency heads to find ways to make those efficiencies so that he can, as he's done, Brian, balance the budget without raising taxes for three years in a row while still funding all the mandated spending that he has. I mean, look, maybe you could hire a few more people if, you know, the legislature wasn't forcing him to spend so much more money on so many areas. Yeah, it's funny how that works out. No, by the way, as you pointed out, Greg, no, nobody, either inside or outside of government, is complaining about the efficiency of government services right now. Well, th- I mean, there's more in the article. David Juppe, Senior Operating Budget Manager for Legislative Services, said the figures given to the committee are essentially the same as those that will be in the report with a few revisions based on new information. He said the summary and the report were drawn largely from the executive branch's own reports. They would oppose this if they had a report or if they didn't have a report, Juppie said. 
The analyst at the Department of Public Safety and Correctional Services, the state's largest agency in the number of employees, also has the highest turnover rate at 9.1%. They said the department, which operates state prisons as well as parole and probation services, has 1,750 vacancies out of 10,554 positions. The department is one of five large state agencies with turnover rates higher than 7%. The others are human services, health, state police, and juvenile services, which have rates between 7.1% and 7.6%. The health department has had problems staffing some of its psychiatric facilities. Its leaders have been held in contempt of court for failing to provide beds in a timely manner for defendants who are referred to its facilities by the courts. So, Greg, the fact that the Maryland state government is understaffed is laughable. Well, I mean, I understand that there's, yeah, there's this whole court case, but a broad brush approach to say Maryland government is understaffed, given how large state government is, given how many departments in state government could probably be closed down, it's laughable. Well, I mean, it's a different worldview that's entering into this. So you have state employees giving reports to this supposedly spending affordability committee that they need, you know, most of these people are unionized as well, um, saying we need more people. You know, we're, we're doing more with less and we don't want to do that anymore. And and shocker, they come to these results. I mean, again, uh, and they go in and we don't have to read the whole thing. You, there's a link at redmaryland.com. But the turnover thing is explained uh, for a variety of reasons. I mean, the you know, public safety, if you want to look at other states where they have serious public safety problems, go to like Delaware where they can't get prison guards. Right. And they have serious prison guard problems. We don't have those issues here. There's there's adequate um, there's adequate staffing going on. And I think most Marylanders recognize that the governor, unlike the previous governor who talked about making tough decisions, this governor is actually getting the job done. And, you know, the teachers unions don't like what he does on nope. education. The public service, public sector unions don't like what what he's doing with regard to state jobs. But the agencies are running on time. And, you know, the issues with the health department, that's bigger than just a staffing thing. Correct. OK, there's a lot more that's going on. There's some policy aspects of that. But the governor is the governor is doing what people elected him to do. Yeah. And, if, you know, and I don't why think he is a 15. Yeah, I don't think the, I don't think the I don't think the Democrats are going to be able to go out and run successfully by saying there aren't enough people working for state government. You know, we've got to hire twenty four hundred new people to state government. They're probably you know, they might cite this report. They might they might say these kinds of things. It's not going to move. But I don't think that's a that's a winning issue. Especially when you start talking about all the new programs they want to do and all this, you know, pie in the sky stuff is the sun and and uh, or not the sun, but, uh, you know, Barry Raskovar in The Washington Post even referred to some of these ideas that they have, you know, because at the end of the day, if you want to if you want to hire twenty four hundred new employees of state government, you're going to have to raise taxes to pay them, which the Democrats want to do anyway, by the way. So. They have to. There's no way the governor will crucify them on running on this platform. So, you know, I I think this just, again, plays into what the governor's doing, and it's smart. It shows how effective he's been. And I agree with Doug Mayer, uh, honorary member of Red Maryland, by the mm-hmm. way, that this is just ludicrous. Yeah, it's insane. Go read the, go read the story for yourself yeah. and uh, make your own conclusions, which we believe will agree with ours. Greg, let's go to break. When we come back, 
we will start getting into the results of the Red Maryland poll. Oh, that's exciting. And the nominees for the Red Maryland Awards. You will not want to miss this. Stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit redmaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at zazzle.com slash redmaryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at redmaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on a Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Mr. President? Yes? Hi. Hi. I'm sorry to ask you this, sir, but... Not too late to stop yourself. I need you to pardon a turkey. I already pardoned the turkey. I need you to pardon another one. Didn't I do it right? You did it great, but I need you to come out here and pardon another one. Aren't I going to get a reputation for being soft on turkeys? Sir, can you come out here and just get this over? No, I'm not going to just get this. What the hell's going on? They sent me two turkeys. The more photo-friendly of the two gets a presidential pardon and a full life at a children's zoo. The runner-up gets eaten. If the Oscars were like that, I'd watch. Mr. President... Just buy the second turkey. They already sold it. Then there's not much I can do. You can pardon the turkey. The turkey hasn't committed a crime. Sir... CJ, I have really no judicial jurisdiction over birds. Yes, I know that, and you know that, but Morton Horn doesn't know that. Mm, He's a high school kid from the turkey place. He's in high school, and he doesn't know I can't pardon his turkey. That's what I'm betting. CJ, if we don't, and I mean completely overhaul public education in this country... Yes, sir, but maybe this is not the best time to... Where the hell is he? Right out here. Morton, this is President Bartlett. Hey, Morton. Wow. Well said. Is that the turkey? Yes. Your pardon. Sir. What do you want? Well, you know. By the power vested in me by the Constitution of the United States, I hereby pardon you. Okay. No, it's not okay. Sir. Morton, I can't pardon a turkey. If you think I can pardon a turkey, then you have got to go back to your school and insist that you be better prepared to go out in the world. You can't pardon a turkey? No. I'll tell you what I can do. I'm drafting this turkey into military service. In the meantime, somebody will be drafting a check, which will have my signature on it, so the folks can buy themselves a butterball. Okay. Donna, would you have Morton take Troy back to his pen and remember to support his hindquarters? What's wrong with The you? turkey's hindquarters. I'm still waiting for the thing. Right here? Let's go in. Sir? Give me two minutes. I'm going to step out there and begin the singing and lute playing. Whatever.
We are back. Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I am Brian Grubis. He is Greg Klein. Good to be here. It is good to be here. Greg uh, Greg has opinions, by the way, on turkey pardoning. I do. I'm again. I, look, I think it's a stupid tradition. And I, I'm not. I know you're a big fan of the West Wing. Uh, I wasn't a big fan of the show, but I, I love that clip because it is stupid. It is stupid for the president to pardon turkeys. It's dumb. I mean, he's not making some sort of bold animal rights statement. He's still going to eat a turkey. And in fact, the people who bring the turkeys to be pardoned are people who are pushing you to eat turkeys on Thanksgiving. What the president ought to be doing is actually pardoning real people. And and by the way, every president has made presidential pardons and every year of their presidency going back for you know decades i mean reagan pardoned 385 people when he was president i mean it, it is possible to find people who are deserving to be pardoned people who've been convicted of crime served their terms and now have turned their lives around and you give them a pardon recognizing that that's something you can do that's something to be thankful for on thanksgiving people who've been you know, overcharged for a crime and have been in jail for longer than you can give a pardon, you can do it as a commutation, whatever. My point is the pardoning power of the president is one that's terribly underutilized and a really important one and has been used effectively in our nation's history. And to trivialize it with a pardoning a turkey is stupid. And besides, he already pardoned a turkey earlier this year when he pardoned Arpaio. That's the only. That's literally the only person that this president has pardoned. He's pardoned a turkey and Joe Arpaio, and that's two turkeys. I that's believe. Par- and by the way, I went to the DOJ website. There's like two thousand pending petitions for pardons. Right. Okay. I bet one of those is probably meritorious. Probably. Just what I'm saying. And it would be nice, you know, if you want to have the if you want to have the turkey pardoning show, but also do something substantive. I think I think and this is one thing, you know, people give me a hard time for. I think Obama kind of did some of this stuff and people got mad. But the point is every president pardons people. And it's an important part of the president's job to be able to do that um, for a wide variety of reasons. And it would be nice to show a positive aspect to that pardoning power um, by making that part of the tradition. But we don't. So whatever. Yeah, the president's waiting to pardon a bunch of other people who he's probably much, much more familiar with. Yeah, and Well, and that's the other thing. People assume the only people who get pardoned are people who are, you know, uh, who who are cronies of the president. Well, so or, far, this administration, that is correct. Well, there's only one. Right. You can make that argument. Some people think Joe Arpaio was wrongly being prosecuted and the president. I mean, whatever your politics on on it is. Everybody thinks that everybody who's ever been in federal prison or gone to federal prison is 1,000% guilty and got exactly what they deserved. The reality is that's not the case. And it's important to have the power and commutation thing to kind of balance out the scales of justice when they get awry sometimes. It happens. And so, and again, some people serve their sentences and go on and lead productive lives, but they still have the, the mark of that federal conviction. And I think Giving a pardon sends a good message of, you know, I don't know. I think it's a good idea, but I'm not president, and I probably never will be, so whatever. Pardon a turkey, whatever. It could be attorney general. Well, they don't have, like, not, shut up. <laughs> so well, let's let's go move uh, right into the Red yeah. Maryland poll results. 237 of you participated. Yes. Right. Thank you. Every, Thank you. Every county represented. Good job, everybody. Yes, everybody. That's awesome. Good job, everybody. Way. And 33 Central Committee members, many of whom we saw over the weekend. 
So that was nice. uh, and that kind of tick. That's a tick. Up, that's a definite uptick oh, from yeah. previous ones. So oh, good, thank yeah. you guys. And uh, nice little bell curve uh, again on the little yeah. uptick in the sixty-five to seventy-four-year-old yeah. demographic. I'm maybe. a little worried about the seventy-five or older. There was a drop-off. I hope nothing happened. <laughs> <laughs> hope nothing happened, guys. So as always, the first question that we ask, Greg, do you think the Maryland General Assembly should be reduced in size? We've been asking this for a while. This is just kind of a feel. You know, we we some of the questions we ask are demographic. Some are just kind of gauge the. The audience that we have, the the respondent pool that we have there. And uh, 49.2% of you say yes, which is an increase over last month. 38.5% said no, and 12.3% still uh, still don't know. Right. Whereas, do you think all members should be elected in the, for the Maryland House of Delegates should be elected in a single district? 84.7% of you say yes. Yeah. We get the idea at this point, I think. 80-some 80, yeah. 80 percent of you always think it should be single members. I absolutely think it should be. I think if, you know, if nothing else happens... If if we get Governor Early, uh, Governor Early, why, why do we do that? If we get Governor Hogan reelected, and we get the necessary members of the state Senate to uphold a veto, and we get some good redistricting reform, or the governor gets to, you know, pass his own map, essentially, that should be a centerpiece of it. Right. The next question at this moment: Who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for U.S. Senate in 2018? Now, a couple interesting things. Okay, one. Yeah, let's talk about that. One, Sam Faddis, of course, dropped out. Dropped out. Right. Um, two, of course, the rumors that Michael Steele is going was going to run for the U.S. Wild Senate. rumors. And their other rumor, by the way, was the uh, that uh, Michael Steele was going to have a hospitality suite. At the state Republican Party convention, that, that on was Friday not true. Night. That turned out that not turned to be out true. not to be true. By the way, we haven't plugged yet our show from last Friday night with uh, myself, Greg, and Andrew Langer. A lot of you have seen it. Uh, seen it. A lot of you were there to see it. A lot of you have listened to it. Definitely check it out. Great show. Great show. Fourteen separate interviews, by the way. Yeah, a lot of great, great, great material. Brian wanted to go on for four more hours, and I said, I think we got enough. Oh, I was ready. Did. Yeah, I was ready to keep going. Oh, don't even give me. You were shot out of a cannon. I don't know <laughs> what you were on. <laughs> I was high on life, Greg. <laughs> you were high on something. I'll tell you that. <laughs> hey, 64 ounces of Coke Zero, man. Okay. All right. <laughs> so anyway, th- there was a U.S. Senate candidate, you can't see air quotes on the radio, who did have a suite. Yes. Uh, and what the, was their name? The convention. Uh, Christine Gregorian. There you go. Now, we had seen Christine Gregorian signs plastered about... We did. We saw there was a hospitality suite. Saw the hospitality we were there. suite, but had a logo, no name on it. And somebody didn't walked, identify the office they were running. Somebody for. walked by with a sign. It may have even been her. Now that I think about it, didn't talk, didn't stop by to talk to us or anything like that. We so, wish they had, and of course, she's always welcome to correct. come on the show. And I, sp- and I spoke with her in her suite, and um, and I'm sure you told her exactly is, that. I did I, not. I did, and she said, "Oh well, I'm I'm just exploring a run for U.S. Senate." Blah 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 blah. blah. Um, but they had a ho- she had a hospitality suite with signs that looked awfully much like a U.S. Senate campaign logo. Right. You do the math. Um, I'm exploring around. What do you have to find in order to run? I mean, you know, what are you exploring at this point? I mean, the election is less than a year away. I, I don't know. <laughs> but, the, but the point of all this is the fact that Sam Faddis, to his credit, was doing an exploration, found out you can't get there from here and stopped. <laughs> <laughs> the point the point of this entire story, by the way, is that. Um, neither Sam Faddis, Michael Steele, or Christine Gregorian were included in the poll. Yes, but the one correct. announced candidate, David Pay, was, and he yes. got fifteen point six percent of the vote. Well, which there is you a go. Shocking number, by the way. Um, I, I think people like voting for someone rather than 
for I don't for know. For no one, yeah. And other, yeah. I don't know got 52.6%. Other got 31.8%. Other names mentioned, by the way, uh, Ami Hober. Sure. Andy Harris. Right. Bob Ehrlich. Okay. Boyd Rutherford. All Brian right. Griffiths. Not happening. No? All right. Uh, Cal Ripken. I saw Cal Ripken in court the other week. You did mention that to me. Yeah. Yes. He's available. He 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 is available, yes. Chris Shank. David Bossy. Interesting idea. Don Murphy. Yeah. Hi, Don. How are you? It was great to see Don Friday night. Uh, Greg Klein. No. Kendall Ehrlich. Laura Newman. Okay. Liz Matori. Mary Kane. Right. Michael Steele. I don't know. Where did that rumor come from? Because it's clearly, there's absolutely no truth to it. Apparently not. No. It's 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 out there now. Yeah. Uh, Nicoly Ambrose. She can find a babysitter. Uh, Sam Faddis. No, he's not. He's yeah. People wrote it in though. Steve Shu and Tony McConkey. Okay, they they've all committed to run for other things. We can we can confirm that. Uh, other answers, Greg. Any Republican. Okay. Uh, Dan Bongino. Okay. All right. Yeah. Fred Grandy is uh, now. I don't know whether Fred Grandy lives in Maryland or not. I he believe may. he's a resident of Virginia. Oh, okay. Well, that's probably true. Hope to see a solid candidate. Yeah, me too. Uh, Hugh Jass. Ah, that's a joke. That's some sort of joke. And who? David Pay? Yeah. 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 So, Greg, at this moment, who would yes. be your choice to be the Republican nominee for Comptroller? Comptroller. In 2018. Yes. And and believe it or not, um, Anjali Reed Foucan actually like came out ahead this time. Wow. 21.7% of the Beat vote. Beat in perennial write-in candidate Mark Uncle. Who only got 18.4% of the vote. There you go. Other answers, oh, by the way, I don't know, got 50%. Other sure. got, got 10%. Sure. Other answers, Bill Campbell, not mentioned. No, not running, excuse he's me. Not, he's he said he's, he's not been running. pretty adamant about uh, it. Greg yeah. Klein. No. You can count. I can. That's true. You make a good point. <laughs> um, John Hartline and Mike McKay. There you go. Other answers, any Republican, I'm voting Peter Franchot. Literally anyone else, Mr. Moneybags, and not Anjali Reed Fukan. <laughs> well, I mean, this this Ms. Fukan is very controversial. Most people don't know who the heck she is. Um, Those who do. And, and you know, I think if she becomes the nominee kind of by default, I think it could be kind of an embarrassment for the Republican Party, but that means people have to pay attention, so we'll see. It so, also means somebody else has to run to correct. be on the ballot. Yeah. So, Greg, who should be the Republican nominee for Attorney General in 2018? None announced, none close. We talk to people. Everybody seems to think this is definitely something we should be doing. Uh, but I didn't hear any serious candidates being bandied about. Hold that thought. Bob Ehrlich. Yes. Dan Cox. Right. Dave Fisher. Great guy. David Bossy. Is he an attorney? I believe so. Okay. Dirk Hare. Right. Fred Payone. Okay. Greg Klein. No. Haven Shoemaker. Okay. Jessica Hare, who we learned is running for the Anne Arundel County Council. Right. Uh, Jim Rutledge. Love Jim, Jim. Shalek, who apparently there is some sort of quasi-draft effort to get him to resign from the Board of Elections to run for Attorney General. Okay. All right. John Phoebus. All right. Um, Kurt Wolfgang. Esquire. They're all going to be Esquire if they're eligible. But Laura Martin, the Calvert County District Attorney, State's Attorney. State's we don't attorney. have district I'm attorneys. Just, I'm, I, know. I know you're just reading. I'm it. just. Reading I'm it. trying to educate. You, you educate because you care. Michael Steele, Mike Higgs, Mike Schmeagel, right. and Rob McCord. Okay. Other answers: Any Republican, 
a lot of do not knows, IDKs. Right. Not sure. That dude. D-O-O-D. Yeah, this is a running theme, perhaps. Um, unknown and waiting to see who jumps in. Yeah, we're all waiting. <laughs> we're all waiting. So, Greg, let's move over to the first congressional district. Okay. Um, Andy Harris, 81.2% of the vote, by the way. Uh, Lamont Taylor, 4.5%. Martin Elborn, you dummy. 1.9%. I have to do that joke every time. He probably takes offense. but I don't know. I don't know 10, him, though. 10.4% and other 1.9%. Other names mentioned, J.B. Jennings and Sandy Paris. Okay. Other answers, not Andy Harris. Okay, well, it looks like it's probably going to be him. So At this moment, Greg. Yes. Who would be your first choice to the Republican nominee for Congress in the 2nd District in 2018? Mark Schell, the one refi- filed Republican candidate, 14.3% of the Do vote. we know anything about him? Um, he has filed to run for Congress. Okay. All right, so I believe got, you have reached out to him for the. I'm sure coaches. I have. I'm sure I've. Re- I, I, we reach out to everybody when they file, um, but uh, I've I've not had the privilege of interviewing. Maybe we will very soon. I don't know. Seventy two point eight percent of the vote. Uh, other five point four percent. Other names mentioned. Bob Ehrlich. He knows something about that seat. Yeah, used to have Carl it. McGee, who of course has run for the House of Delegates, I believe. Before. Right. Right. Chris Cavey, David Craig. Which is interesting candidate. It is interesting. Don Murphy. Yeah. And Matt Rock. Other answers. Any I'd re- love to see. I'd love to see Don run for that seat. Other answers. Awesome. Any Republican. Yeah. At this moment, Greg, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the third district? J. David Evans, the filed candidate, gets 15.3% of the vote. Okay. I don't know. 81.9% of the vote. Other 2.8% of the vote. Other names mentioned. Still wide open. Derek Fink. Right. He's running for something else. Uh, he's not running for anything else as far as I'm aware. Uh, he's not? He's term limited. He is term as limited. county councilman. I do not. He's not announced to my knowledge that he is running for any other. Why did I think he was? I, I don't know. Well, he'd be perfect then. Uh, Nathan Volke, who is, is running for Derek Oh, that's right. Derek I, Fink. See. You know what I did? I, I got those confused. Okay. Derek, I apologize. Councilman, excuse me. I apologize. Uh, other answer, any Republican. At this moment, Greg, uh, yeah, who be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the fourth district in twenty eighteen? Uh, David, this Thar- is our. This is where you and I yeah. live. David Farian gets fifteen point five percent of the vote. Uh, George McDermott gets twelve point two percent of the vote. I don't know sixty eight point two percent. Other four percent. Other names mentioned: Fiona Moody, uh, Greg Klein, oh, and no. Kelly Schultz. Perfect, nailed it. Other answers: Any Republican. Anyone but George McDermott and David Therrien. You know, you got two Republicans running, and neither one of them are any good. I mean, you need somebody to get in. And waiting to see who else jumps in. Okay, we're all waiting. At this moment, Greg, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the 5th District? At some point, time's going to run out. Johnny Rice gets 17.7% of the vote. I don't know. 75.5%. Other 6.8%. Other names mentioned. Doug uh, Debray. Doug, Doug okay. Hill, presumably the, the meteorologist from Channel... We could do worse, it looks yeah. like. Heather Olson. Todd Morgan, member of the member of the House. Is is Heather still a Republican? Yes. Okay. Yes. That's not... I don't mean that to be disparaging. No, she Heather. resigned from the Central Committee. I didn't with, know where she was, you know. I, as far as I'm aware, she is still a Republican. And William Ted Jameson, Jr. Okay. Other answers, myself, ah. that dude, and waiting to see who else jumps in. Yeah. Yeah, keep waiting. We're all waiting. At this moment, Greg, who will be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the 6th District? Here we don't have a dearth of candidates. We have no, a plethora. We have, we have plenty. 
And the leading candidate is Brad Roars, by the way. 25.8% of the vote. Look at the big turnout for Brad. Kelly Schultz gets 22.5%. Matt Mossberg, 16.4%. Yeah. Now, we interviewed Brad and uh, Matt Mossberg on Friday's show. You definitely right. want to check now, that I left out. Adam, Adam McKee was still in here. He, of course, has dropped out of the race, but he did get one vote. Um, Ami Hober checks in with 9.4%. Uh, Gus Alzona, who's considering a run, 2.3%. Lisa Lloyd, 0%. Uh, only other two other answers were that dude and waiting to see who else jumps in. Okay. All right. Well, five people running for Congress. There may be another jump in of significance, but we'll see. At this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Congress in the seventh district in twenty? Yes. William Newton, fresh off the uh, the election integrity committee report, thirteen point seven percent. Thomas Pinkston Harris, eight point nine percent. Richmond Davis, seven point five percent. Right. Michael Pearson, four point eight percent. I don't know. Sixty three. Other 2%, other names mentioned, of course, Don Murphy. Don would be great to run for that. Other answers, any Republican, which has basically been the theme of that district over the years. Yeah, yeah, and pushing the limits of that even. And that dude. Yeah. At this moment, who will be your first choice to be a Republican nominee for Congress in the 8th District? No announced or filed candidates in this race, and quite a few jumped out. Dan Cox, who of course ran, but is running for the House of Delegates. Dwight Patel, Evan Young, Gus Alzona, Jim Calderwood. Cat O'Connor, Liz Matori, Mark Unkfer, Mary Kane, Michael Higgs, Michael Steele, Robin Ficker, of course, running for county executive, and Sharon Cohen. Other answers, any Republican, anyone but Gus, anyone to beat Raskin. Okay. I do not know, not sure, that dude, unknown, and waiting to see who jumps in. Now, here's the thing. Now, I know, I know the person who wrote that probably understands. Anyone to beat Raskin. Not anybody can beat Jamie Raskin. If anybody could beat Jamie Raskin, we'd have people running all over themselves to run in this race. So, you know, the idea is we got to find a good candidate and and who 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 could beat him that would run in this race. What can we do to convince them to run? That's kind of the theme. We keep asking these questions. and People are like, why do you keep doing this? Because I don't know any of these people and we don't have any good candidate. That's the point. That's the point. We need to start, we're, you know, we're, you know, the deadline for filing as a candidate is coming up in a couple of months. We need to find good candidates and, and think as a party, as a movement, as whatever, about how we can recruit and promote good candidates in all of these races. And yeah, maybe and, and we're look, the only ones thinking about that, frankly. Well, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. They're not. They're <laughs> Some people you might think would be aren't. Let's just leave it at that. Uh, at this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Anne Arundel County Executive in 2018? No surprise here. Steve Shue gets 70.3% of there the vote. Go. John Grasso, 8.1% of the vote. I don't know, 20.3%, other 1.2%, other answers, any Republican, and, and I, that dude. And I thought our interview with County Executive uh, Shue, and Councilman Grasso was not at the event. We would have loved to have interviewed him as well. Um, you know... Shu seemed to think that Grasso may not stay in the race. He may still run for Senate. I don't know if that's if that's some sort of gamesmanship that was going on by the county executive. Uh, But he left open a possibility. He he lauded him, said very nice things about him, um, which I think definitely was gamesmanship. Uh, but uh, it was an interesting interview when we asked him about. And let me say this too: at the uh, in in county executive Shu's suite. Uh, on, uh, yeah, on Friday night. which was lovely, by the way, County Executive. Thank you. The cake was on point. Yeah, very nice. 
And, and by the way, we talk about going to these things and you can meet people and don't you could you could literally walk in, have a beer for nothing and talk to the county executive. That was my one critique from the from the suites on on Friday night is that you could tell we're being serious right now because the right. beer selection was not very good. Okay, well, I I I'm not so critical of that. I'm happy to be, you know, some people don't look a gift horse in the mouth. But Oh, I drank some of it. Yeah, don't get me wrong. <laughs> but I mean, free beer is but free But you beer. could do that. You could do, I mean, there I mean, look, I think this county executive is pretty accessible. A lot of these elected officials actually are, but it, that's one of the nice things about going the, to that event. You could meet a lot of these and people look, we're talking not, about and just hang out and talk to them. And, and look, yeah, look, a lot of these people know us, okay? But there are a lot of people there, too, who I'd never seen before. Just yeah, hanging absolutely. out, chatting with people. I mean, I was yeah. having a nice chat with, uh, who was I talking to? I was talking to uh, Nathan Volke, who's running for county council. Me, I did not see Nathan. Me, I'm sorry, I missed him. Me, him, uh, Judge Repkowski, me, uh, Orphan's him, Court Judge, Judge and uh, Al Redmer were having a nice conversation. Um, okay. On on Friday night, but look, there's all sorts of people are there. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I you know, we're not, <laughs> we didn't have this access because we're big, powerful members of the media. We just showed up, and and you could, you know, that's why we encourage people to go to these things. If you're involved and you're active and you care about this stuff, here's a way to go. It was free parking. You got food and drink for free, and you could just hang out and talk to these people. It's great. Yeah, Definitely no, encourage people to go if you're thinking about it. It's absolutely fantastic. Uh, speaking of Al Redmer, yeah. at this moment, who will be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Baltimore County Executive in 2018, uh, Al Redmer, 57.9%. Pat McDonough, 21.1%. That's a pretty good showing for Pat, by the way. Yeah, good for him. And I you saw Delegate McDonough. We didn't get him on the air. Correct. We'd love he to interview there. him. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I think that race is fascinating. I, I think Al Redmer probably wins it pretty easily, but we'll see. I think I, it'll be an interesting I race. I don't know. Got 20.5% of the vote. One other vote for that dude. By the way, I don't know if you saw it, Greg, but the Hogan campaign was fine today. Uh, you remember back a couple months ago, there was the whole issue with the, the fundraising invitation? Yes. Uh, the Hogan campaign was fined because of that today. A whopping $250. Well, there you go. Justice is served. Yeah. At this moment, speaking of fascinating county executive races... Yeah, fascinating for different Who would be reasons. your first choice to be the Republican nominee for Frederick County Executive in 2018? Right. Kathy Avzali runs away with this one, by the way, 40.7%. Kirby DeLauder, 14.8%. Uh, Billy Shreve, even though he just announced for state Senate, gets 6.8% yeah. as a write-in. Yeah, that weird. Okay. And, and right. Regina Williams, 5.6%. I don't know, 27.8%. Other, 4.3%. The only other actual name mentioned was Joey Lynn Huff. Other right. answers, not Avzali, that dude, and waiting to see who else jumps in. Yeah, I don't know who else will jump in. It'll be interesting. On Blaine Young's probably tanned, rested, and ready to go. So he <laughs> well, was at he was at Billy Shreve's kickoff, and boy, was there some awkward photography there. Oh, boy. I think he knows that I follow, because I mentioned, but if you're not friends with him on Facebook or following him on Facebook, you're, you're missing something. It's a show. At this moment, Greg, who would be your first choice to the Republican nominee for Montgomery County Executive in 2018? Okay. Robin Ficker gets 59.1% of the vote. Jim Shalek, though, 15%. Oh, good. I don't know, 22.3%. Other 20.1%. Other names mentioned. Ann Hingston, David Drake, Dwight Patel, Sharon Cohen. Other answers. Anyone but Ficker and that dude. Okay. Good. Only two more. Two more. And then we'll take a break. Um, at this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for state Senate 
in the third district in 2018. Craig Grande gets 40.2% of the vote. Billy Shreve, 10.4%. I don't know, 48.2%. Other 1.2%. Other answers, any Republican, and that dude. Right. At this moment, who would be your first choice to be the Republican nominee for state Senate in the 30th district? Ron George, 63%. Herb McMillan, 22.9%. I don't know, 13.5%. Other answer, that dude. Yeah, and both these Senate races, key targeted Senate districts that Republicans are looking to pick up, both with presumably competitive primaries with multiple elected officials. And by the way, there is now one of those other target districts, District 38, now is a competitive primary with... Um, Mary Beth Carosa running against Ed Tennis, who Greg interviewed on Red Maryland Election Focus a few weeks back. It, it is a it is is a ostensibly competitive primary. Uh, there's more than one candidate, right? Greg, why don't we go ahead and take a break? We should take a break. When we come back, we will unveil the nominees for the 2017 Red Maryland Awards. It's the most wonderful time of the year, folks. Yeah, absolutely. stick with us. You are listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. You can help Red Maryland grow our reach when you visit RedMaryland.com and click on the Amazon link and shop as normal. A portion of your purchase will come back to Red Maryland to help us grow. Additionally, you can buy Red Maryland t-shirts, drinkware, and other gear from our Zazzle store at Zazzle.com slash Red Maryland. We want to hear from you. Email us at any time at RedMaryland at gmail.com. You can also leave audio feedback on a Red Maryland talkback line at 410-205-4875. We might use your feedback on our programming. You are listening to Maryland's most trusted conservative voice, the Red Maryland Network. Be sure to follow Red Maryland on all of the major social networking sites. You can follow us at Red Maryland on Facebook, Twitter, Pinterest, Google+, Snapchat, and Tumblr to get the latest from Red Maryland. And be sure to follow the home base for all things Red Maryland, redmaryland.com. Celebrating five years as Maryland's only network that matters, you're listening to the Red Maryland Network. Okay, Dwayne, uh, we're going to try it once more. Just remember now, introduce yourself and read what's on the paper in front of you. Do you got it? Yeah, yeah, I got it. Okay, fine. Dwayne Stop Substance Abuse Awareness Campaign. This is take nine. <coughs> Dwayne, Dwayne, that's your cue. Oh, uh, right. Anytime you're ready. We're ready, Dwayne. Dwayne, go. Oh, hi. This is Dwayne Stomp of Blacktooth. Kids, when you drink and drive... No, Dwayne. No, no, cut, cut. It's not when you drink and drive. Oh, right, right. Uh, let me do it again. Yeah, good idea. Uh, this is Dwayne Stomp, PSA, take 10. Hi, this is Dwayne Stomp. When I drink and drive, I'll... Cut, Dwayne, cut, Dwayne. Dwayne, this spot is supposed to be against driving while intoxicated. What? Never mind. Uh, we'll do it one more time, and remember, say... Don't do drugs, and if you must drink this holiday weekend, don't drive. You got it? I told you I got it. Fine. Uh, Dwayne Stomp, PSA, take, uh, what is it, 11. Hi, I'm Dwayne Stomp telling you, 
If you do drugs this weekend, don't drive. Wrong again, Dwayne. It's don't do drugs. Don't do drugs. That's what I said. No, it's not. It's not even close to what you said. You come in this booth, I'll show you how close it was, Sherlock. We're going to do it again, Dwayne. Say, don't do drugs. If you must drink this holiday weekend, do not drive. Take 12. This is Dwayne Stump. Weekends are for drunks. Do drugs. Okay, Dwayne, thank you very much for coming in. Uh, I think with a little editing, we've got something we can use. Don't do drugs. And if you must drink this holiday weekend, don't drive. Continuous country. Too much corruption and crime in the streets It's time the long arm of the law Put a few more in the ground I'm all to the We are back. Red, Red Maryland Radio. On the Red Maryland Network, I am Brian. He is Greg. Good to be here. Hey, who? And uh, by the way, if you do make poor decisions this holiday weekend, Greg, what is that number? 410-541-6DUI. Yes. Don't, don't, don't be an idiot, but if you're an idiot, call Greg. You know what? Some alcohol affects your judgment. Sometimes people make mistakes. We can help you with that. There it's a go. very serious charge, so be careful. It is a very serious charge. You know, you want a lawyer that's coiled and ready to pounce. You need a lawyer who's ready to go and experience, even twenty years experience. That's why you want to call four one zero five four one six two one. There you go. Now, it's 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 the part you've all been waiting for. Really, let's face it. I think we should face the fact that this is the moment that we've been waiting for. These are the nominations for the Red Maryland 2017 Awards. Right. And as you know, this is the fifth year, Greg. Yes. Of the awards. We had many people come up to us on Friday night asking about these awards specifically. Many of them thinking they were being nominated for one in particular. Or more than one. Or or had opinions. We're happy to hear that. Yes. Yes, we are. And... um, so just let's let's recap for a second. Of let's course, talk. There, let's set it up. If you're not familiar, we're going to explain it. There are six categories, of course, which we'll go through here sequentially. That's In right. order to be eligible, you have to be a resident of Maryland. Okay, we're going to talk about not that everybody. Later. Not everybody understands that. Okay, all right. I I okay. The rules right. of the I don't rules, know that residency been, was always a requirement. It's for five years, it has been a requirement. I yeah. don't know that that's Every year it's been true. a requirement. Okay. All right. All right. All right. Okay. All right. So, we'll, so what's going to happen is we will announce the nominees as part of our December poll. Correct. The, the people will, will partially decide. 20% of the vote total. You vote. Will be from the voters. The rest will be from the editors and the writers here at Red Maryland. And by the way, the winner of the reader's vote is noted. Yes. So if you go back and look at past results... You can see who people voted for. Yes. And then, so what will happen is, okay, so we will we will start the poll on December 1st. We will announce the, um, we will announce the results of the December poll on December 14th. And yes. we're going to, we're going to change it up this year, okay? We're going to, we're going to extend the drama a bit. So on December 14th, we will announce the finalists, the five finalists. Okay. For each award. Okay. And then on December 21st, we will announce the winners. 
There you go. It'll be exciting. We kind of break it up into two parts. Right. You know, what's why 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 you know, why waste all the drama when you can say, "Hey, these people these people are finalists for the award." Yeah. It's exciting. It's going to be and one of the reasons we did that was because we have as you'll hear many many nominations. So, you know, we wanted to have a little bit of time where the top 5 got some play just being a finalist. Exactly. So, without any further ado, Enough ado. Let's go. Let us start with the nominees for 2017 Red Maryland Conservative of the Year. This is the conservative. This is the top of award. The year. This is the award you want to win. Yes. Yes. This, this is, is best in show, if you will. Yes. The nominees are Amy Leahy. <laughs> okay. All right. That's the name. And, and by the way, let me let me let me remind you, everybody, before we get. I heard she doesn't follow through on. Let, let me let me remind you before we the the nominations. These are done by you. No, you okay? nominate. This isn't this you isn't, nominate. We this said isn't you Brian nominate. and Greg doing this. These are this you. This isn't me. So if you have a complaint about somebody who got nominated or usually who didn't get nominated, yeah, that's what. It, why didn't you nominate so and so? That's on why you. Why didn't you nominate so? Right. Andy Harris. Okay. Brad Roars. Okay. Carol Keipel. Charles Lawler. Okay. Hey, I mean, people have fun. I love fun. He's eligible. Fun's the best thing to have. He's a nominee, no question about it. David Bossy. Yes. David Smith. Okay. Diana Waterman. Who we saw Friday night, talked to her a bit. Dirk Hare. Okay. Dwight Patel. Evan Young. J.B. Jennings. Senator Jennings. Jerry Walker. Councilman Walker. Jim Reeder. Joey Lynn Huff. Right. Kelly Schultz. Secretary Kelly Schultz. Kirby DeLauder. Councilman. Council? Yes. Yes. Governor Larry Hogan. A two-time defending winner, by the way. Won, yes. Won the last two yes. years. Probably a favorite, too. I would have uh, to was, imagine. Particularly the, with the, the readers. Leading candidate. Um, Liz Matori. Maria Sophia. Matt Mossberg. Meredith Glacken, the executive director of the state party. Michael Huff. Michael Perutka. Ah. Nick Kipke. Pat McDonough. Ryan Nyadak. Sam Faddis, okay. Stephen Clark Regal, Steve Shue, and William Newton. There you go. Your nominees. Those are the nominees. So next month, you will vote from amongst this list of people right. for your... Fa- can, I, can we address something? I will do it later. I will do it later. I don't want to do it now. Let's okay. just go through as long, the Yeah, as long as you remember your point. So we also list the ineligible nominees. I think this deserves some discussion. Ben Carson. He does not live in Maryland. He's a resident of Florida. And there's a strict residency requirement. Yes. Right, okay. Donald Trump. Okay, we've had it. I think he should be eligible. You you want to say there's a residency requirement. You, you, largely speaking, it would be impossible to be Maryland Conservative of the Year without living in Maryland. There's one person who maybe could break that rule, and it'd be the President of the United States. But, okay, all right. MD. I don't know what that means, MD. Myself. Okay. None. Uh, Red Maryland. Now let's let's break that down for a second. Okay, look, we're not eligible. Yeah, we're not okay? eligible. Yeah. And first off, Red Maryland is not a person. Right. It is a it is a collective, if you will. <laughs> like the board. Yes, yes. it's a collective. Yeah. Uh, so we are we are not eligible. Yeah. That dude. And we wouldn't win, by the way. Just yeah. so we're clear. Yeah. Trump, and then Trump. I know, I know, Maryland conservative, but Trump has kahunas and never wavers. I'm assuming that meant cojones. And not kahunas. Well, they spelled waivers wrong, too. But, you know, the sentiment's there. So next up is Maryland Conservative Organization of the Year. 
Um, so this is an organization, right? Not as an individual. To an individual. An organization. So, an organization. So the nominees for 2017 yeah. Red Maryland Conservative Organization of the Year are your nominees are Anne Arundel GOP. Okay. Brad Roars for Congress. All right. Change Annapolis. Change Maryland. Change Annapolis is going to have a hard time winning. I think. Club Conservative. Okay. Conservative Club of Maryland. Ah. District 32 Republican Club. Okay. Greater Frederick Republican Women. Great group. I spoke to them this year. Hagerstown Tea Party. Right. Leisure World Republican Club. Another group we spoke to. Maryland Against Physician-Assisted Suicide. You're defending winners from last year, by the yeah. way. Yeah. Strong. Strong. Maryland Campaign for Liberty. That's a group. Maryland Federation of Republican Women. There you go. Maryland Republican Party. Maryland Right to Life. Maryland Shall Issue. There you go. MDGOP, Maryland Voter Integrity Ad Hoc Committee. Okay. All right. Strong. Okay. All Montgomery right. like County it. Republican Party. Okay. Montgomery County Teenage Republicans. North Baltimore County Republican Club. Right. North County Republican Club. Anne Arundel. Preserve Annapolis Now PAC. I don't know what that is. I don't uh, even know what that is. Do you is. remember the mailers in the Annapolis election? <laughs> I heard something about it. Okay. Okay. Now I know. Prince George's County Southern Club. Okay. And Republican Club of Hartford County. So these are your these are your nominees then. So ineligible nominees. Right. Some people sometimes have problems with the Maryland aspect of it. Some people have problems with the organization aspect of it. Yes, we focus on Maryland. So it would be an Maryland organization here. Yes. An organization I mean, I could get everybody a dictionary, but that's not a person. Right. We have a category for a person. We, we talked about that. Ineligible nominees include American Conservative Union, Americans for Tax Reform. Right. Brian Griffiths. Right. Which I am not an organization. Which you would be ineligible anyway. Correct. But you are definitely not an organization. Defend Life, which is a great sentiment, but that's not an organization that I've ever heard of. Don't Know. Jim Reader. Again. Again. We get M stars. I looked. I googled M stars trying yeah. to figure out what that was, okay. and I had was completely unsuccessful. All right. Okay. Sounds like an ABBA knockoff group. <laughs> okay. None. Red Maryland. Okay. Not eligible. That dude. Right. And the NRA. The NRA. No, not eligible. I'm sorry. So the next category is conservative legislator of the year. Um, people had less problems with this this year because I actually put it in the question, it, defining explicitly who was eligible. For well, this I think award. that was necessary to do, and I appreciate that you did that, and I think the results show that. And that little, you know, you never assume with people, and I think that's helpful. So these are members of the General Assembly of Maryland. Yes, they are either state senators right. or members of the House of Delegates. The nominees: 2017 Red Maryland Conservative Legislator of the Year nominees are Carl Anderton, Charles Otto, Deb Ray. Ed Riley, my state senator, Gail Bates, right. Haven Shoemaker, J.B. Jennings, Joe Cluster, Johnny Motts, Johnny Ray Salling, who of course we spoke with last week. We did. On the show. We did, Senator Salling. As we did Justin Reedy. We did. Kathy Evzali, Kathy Shalega, Mark Fisher, Matt Morgan, Michael Huff, Mike McKay, Neil Parrott, Nick Kipke. Pat McDonough, Sid Saab, Susan McComas, Teresa Riley, Tony McConkie, and Warren Miller. There you go. A lot of good, a lot of good nominees in that group for sure. We still got two ineligible nominees: George Jackson and that dude. Okay, <laughs> that's going to be a tough one. 
I don't know. I, that's going to be a tough one. That's just for one. just for for the sake of edification, Mike Huff, Senator Huff, right, won last year. Senator Reedy won the year before. Okay, and then Delegate Huff won the year before that. Yes, and then Ron George actually also was the first year's winner. Delegate Ron George, yes. So, next category is nominees for Red Maryland Conservative County or Municipal Official of the Year. And I think you did a good job again in the title clarifying. Yes. We're looking for someone. On the county or municipal level. Yes. The nominees are. The nominees are. Alan Kittleman. Barry Glassman. County executive strong. Bob Duckworth. Our clerk of the courts here. Chuck Jenkins. Sheriff Jenkins. David Marks. Councilman. Derek Hopkins. Don Frazier. Right. Greg Fox. Sure. Jack Heath. John O'Connor. Kirby DeLauder. Yeah. Mark Clymer. Or Kilmer. I always say Climber. Kilmer, um, yes. Kilmer. Michael Perutka. My uh, county councilman. Mike Panalides. Soon to be former mayor of it. Weir Boda. Steve Shue. And former now councilman, Tommy Rodriguez. There you go. So there's your nominees. Ineligible yeah. nominees. Another strong group, by the way. Yeah. Ineligible nominees, by the way. Uh, Baltimore County. Yeah, Baltimore County. Yeah. That's That was the nominee. <laughs> Kevin- I want to name nominate Baltimore County. Kevin Kamenitz, ha ha, JK. Ah, uh, you guys. Mo Robertson, which I also Googled and found uh-huh. nothing. Uh-huh. None. That dude. Unknown. And Wooster. I nominate Wooster. Yeah, okay, all right. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's an ineligible nomination. Well, it's also a nonsense. You know, look. Are you? Is your mic off? Did you knock your mic Did off? I- no, no, my mic is Okay, fine. there you go. Talk you to the mic. Okay. Yeah. Um, you were just off mic there for a second. Oh, sorry. So, you know, it's it's not hard, people. It's you know. Well, you know, it's harder for some. I, I don't know. Yeah. But we appreciate the effort, but that would be an ineligible. So the next category is Red Maryland Conservative Campaign of the Year. So this is a campaign uh, that we're honoring here. It is, here. A- so is we, active. Yes. So we honor individuals. We honor organizations writ large. Uh, state legislators, local elected officials, and now campaigns. And and campaign could be running for a particular office. It could also be an issue-oriented campaign or something like that. And uh, we've had various winners over the years that represented a lot of stuff. This year's a little tougher because didn't have a lot of elections. (laughs) Not very many won. So this is going to be a really tough category. So here are the nominees, then. And by the way, just so we're clear, yes. candidates who are running in 2018 are also eligible. for. They're them. eligible. Okay. They had so, campaigns that were ongoing, and they could be, they were nominated, and they could be winners right. for the, the best campaign of the year. That's what we're, that's what we're honoring with this award. So the nominees are Al Redmer. Running for county executive in Baltimore County. Ami Hober. Congress. Andy Harris. Running for Congress. Uh, James Appel for Alderman. Buoy recall. Explain the buoy recall. So there I are heard a, about this, but we want to be there clear. There are a is a number of conservative citizens in Bowie who are trying to recall members of the mayor and members of the city council. There will be a recall election for at least one of the city council members on December nineteenth. A successful recall effort in Bowie. Well, they haven't recalled. They 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 are successfully getting on the ballot. They have okay. not recalled right. the councilman. Okay. Yet. Okay. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Right. Um, you you the voters decide whether that's right. Successful. Uh, Brad right. Roars for Congress. Sure. Change Maryland slash Larry Hogan. Okay. Dan Cox, running for delegate this year. Julie Musak, who, of course, ran for alderman in Annapolis. Mark Plaster, running for the House of Delegates this year. 
Megan Simonair, who was running for the House of Delegates and then decided not to. Interesting choice. So I figured she was running for most of the year, so that would we'd let her stay in the. Oh, that was generous on you. It was. Uh, Michael Huff. Okay. Mike Panalides. Okay. Newton for Congress. (laughs) Okay. Randy McClement for mayor. Uh, Robin Ficker and Sam Faddis for Senate. Interesting choice. Ineligible nominees. Question mark. Henry Dodds. None. Not sure. And that dude. Okay. Now, everybody's favorite category. Okay. And, and, And we've just gone through five categories where we recognize the best in our state, in our state leadership, elected officials, candidates, organizations, the backbone of the conservative movement. We've time and time again in these awards represented excellence. But for us at Red Maryland, it's not just about recognizing excellence. It's about punishing uh, ignorance, wrongdoing, people who are hurting. It's also important that we chastise and to some degree, frankly, shame those who are doing harm as opposed to good. So this is an award that we give to the person who is outstanding in that regard. The least valuable conservative one. Is what we call And by the way, let me point out something here, okay? Yes. We got more nominees for this category than any other. I think that's important. (laughs) You know, some people don't like that we do this. Uh, I think the resistance to it has gone down over the years, frankly, to be perfectly honest with you. Oh, it has. Uh, I think people get it now, especially when we explain it. But, yeah, I mean, people, people get it. You know, we just went through five awards of positive things, and we need one to say, look, this... This is this person's not helping. This person who wins this award, and sometimes it's a shock. It's 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 shockingly competitive. Yes, this award, and uh, I'm fascinated to see who the nominee. As, as we like to say, sometimes you know your your buddy is the one who tells you you've got the booger on your face. Yeah, yeah. You know your zipper's down. Your fly's down. I mean, I, I know we're gonna. I'm sure somebody will say Reagan's eleventh commandment. Yeah, but you know what? Sometimes we do things that are bad. Yes. As a party. And look, and it, whether it's an individual, whether it's a group or whatever, for a wide variety of reasons, and maybe you disagree on who they are, but we have to be able to say this is not good. And by the way, let us let us again point out. These are people nominated by you. We don't agree with all the names nominated. We didn't nominate them. Yeah. You did. So, the nominees for Red Maryland's least valuable conservative for 2017 are least valuable conservative Ami Hober, Anjali Fukan, uh, defending champion Billy Shreve, Bob Culver, the Wicomico County Executive, Bob Smith, Brad Botwin from Help Save Maryland, Brian Simonair, C.J. Bournes, Cameron Harris, Captain Burrs. You let him in with a nom de plume. I did. Okay, all right. I mean, he's he self-identified as a Marylander, so he's. Uh, okay. Well, by, by the way, in this group, Captain, you have no chance of winning. Right. I mean, you are outclassed. <laughs> Chris West. Okay. Cindy Schaff. Deb Ray. Dick Jurgena, who, by the way, boy, did he get some nominations. Yeah, boy, wow. howdy. Wow. Eugene Craig the Third. There I believe. you go, Gene. He was he was asking me if he was going to be nominated. Yeah. There it is. George McDermott. Herb McMillan. Jerry Cave. Mm, strong. Jerry Walker. Mm. John Grasso. Wow. John Leopold. Oh, my. <laughs> Justin Reedy. Okay. All right. Some people are controversial. They draw controversy. Kathy Avzali. Kirby DeLauder. Strong. This is a strong category. Corey Boone. Okay. Larry Hogan. All right. Okay. 
All right. I mean, I, I'm sure Larry Hogan's been nominated every year over there. Yeah, uh, at least the last couple of years, yes. Yeah. Mark Schaff, Megan Simonair, Mike Schmeagel, Nicoli Ambrose. Uh, by the way, the the readers. Yeah, she was. A, yeah, she was the readers' choice last year. Yeah, yeah. Um, Pat McDonough, Robin Ficker, Roger William Hale. Okay, always a perennial. Strong yeah, choice. I mean that's an evergreen. Shannon Wright, Steve Hershey, interesting. Steve Shue, okay. Tony McConkey, and William Newton. Okay, all right. That 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 is that is the strongest field we've ever seen for this. You, award. I, Wow, I don't envy anyone having, and I have to do it, uh, to pick even a couple out of that would be difficult. Even a top three or four would be difficult in that group. Yeah, and you've got to. There's a lot of people doing a lot of bad stuff on that list. So, ineligible nominees. Democrats in the House of Delegates. Okay, I think you missed the point. MDGOP. <laughs> okay. Mitch McConnell. Not a Marylander, though the kind of person who might be on this list. I People who complain and do nothing. Okay. Well, it has to be a specific. Republicans. <laughs> Ryan Miner. Why is Ryan Miner ineligible? Please. Do you have to be a conservative to be eligible for this award. Okay. All right. There you go. So many to choose from. Yes, that's true. That dude. <laughs> the idiot who wrote the, that wrote this question. Well, that would be Brian, and he's not eligible. So this category. And, Greg, they're just for you. There it is. You should not ask the question. Reagan's 11th command. Right. Okay. That's fine. So, Greg, your your initial thoughts about the awards. I know you had a comment you wanted to, uh, to have earlier. Oh, well, no. I, I was talking about voting for the awards. Uh, we did get some comments about the difficulty in people voting. And th- there is – we're working on it. Can I say that? There, it is – it can be a little difficult. We appreciate everybody who made the effort. So, of course, we, we close this out because – we don't have enough content just yet. Um, well, we want to hear from you. The we open want to know what you the think. The open-ended question. Yeah. And The uh, comedy unloading zone, as we call right. it. Right. So, uh, Greg, we, we will... Um, we'll just read these. these we'll are just, read them. Yeah. We, say, cool. we say, look, we'll, we'll ask you all these questions. We want your feedback and your thoughts. But you know what? We don't know what's on your mind. Tell us what's on your mind. We want to hear. Anything you have to say, we want to hear it. We want to share it with our audience. So that's what we're going to do right now. You want to start? I will start. There's the comments. We're just reading them, by the way. Captain Burrs is a whiny little baby. He and so many other people who claim to be 2A advocates get in the way of people like us who are actually doing the work on the ground. Publish the entire poll results as the top article whenever you post a newsletter. We, we do. Okay. It's literally it's a the good top idea, story every time. And that's why we've been doing it. But right. we appreciate the thought. Excellent poll. Very happy to see Governor Hogan restoring funding for roads. Should be an interesting election cycle. That's I agree with that. There is still a rain tax in Howard County. Alan Kittleman and Greg Fox have done nothing about it, while surrounding counties have eliminated it, and they are run by Democrats. Pretty embarrassing considering the proven independent leader made a campaign issue out of repealing it. Again, math is your friend in trying to figure out why that hasn't happened. Just admit that the quiz is not user-friendly on mobile devices instead of blaming the users. Uh, Everybody else I know has no problems with it. Okay. All right. Okay. Some people have difficulty. We apologize if you're having difficulty. Robin Ficker is going to win. (laughs) Nothing. Hogan Strong. That dude. Conservative refuge. Spelled wrong, by the way. Conservative refuge rocks. There you go. Cover Brian Chisholm's campaign for delegate in District 31B this 2018 election season. We've invited 
Brian Chisholm onto Election Focus. We'd love to have him on the show. And uh, we we uh, will cover it, and would love to cover it more. As a voter and Brian in district, is welcome. As a voter in District Thirty One B, we'll cover it. Yeah, FYI. Yeah, the door is wide open. By the way, Dick Jurgena is Maryland's least valuable conservative. As for least valuable Republican, it's a toss-up between Dick and Ami Hober. Ami isn't much of a conservative, so she isn't in the running for this Red Million Maryland award. Well, okay, I well let, that's somebody I, trying to do your job. There, I, I let guess. her in. Because yeah, I'm, these are my, you know, I run if, this, I run this show. Thank you. What if all clowns rode bicycles? While holding weed. Um, <laughs> we need Republicans in Montgomery County. Hello, it's me. Go Hogan. Do you think Dick Jorgina is a racist or is he just stupid? <laughs> I think the, uh, the jury's still out on that. 2018 is our year. Support a convention of states for term limits under Article 5. No, I'm good. Excellent poll. Herb is an ass. What are your thoughts on the refugees headed to Earth from Asgard? I'm against it. I'm absolutely against I hope President Trump does something about it. Mike Panalides was a great mayor. Will the complete wipeout of Ed Gillespie, Jill Vogel, and John Adams in Virginia on November 7th, along with the complete wipeout of Annapolis Mayor Mike Panalides and Frederick City Mayor Republican Mandy McClement in Maryland, cause Larry Hogan to lose re-election and prevent Republicans from being able to use Governor Hogan's coattails to oust Senator Ben Cardin in 2018. Okay, there's a there's a couple of different things to break down there. Uh, one, 2017, 2018 are completely different election years. Um, I'm pretty sure that, as, as awesome as the governor is, that he nobody is coattails. He's not going to be able to, to, to use his coattails to get anybody to beat Ben Cardin. Yeah. If they beat Ben Cardin, it will be on their own merits. And it also yeah, probably, no one's ever had coattails that long. And it will probably also if 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 Governor Hogan's coattails do help somebody beat Ben Cardin, we're going to have a really good day. We're going to have a great day. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Thank you, Mike Panelides, for your service. State and local taxes, salt, are too damn high, especially if no longer a federal tax deduction. Would vote more if I'd ever heard of most of these people. Well, that you see the point why we're doing this. Not Jergena for chairman. 2018! Robin is going to beat the Dems. Uncafer for chairman. Uncafer, not Jurgena. Keep fighting for GOP. The governor needs to make a statement about why he has not used his power to ensure election integrity. Okay, well, let's break that down for a second. The Board of Elections is an independent agency that the governor has no input over, other than nominating the members of the Board of Elections who serve terms. The governor, the... the the Board of Elections and Election Integrity is not in the governor's chain of command. Or the governor is not in their chain of command, I should say. There you go. Okay. After watching the Virginia elections, 2018 will be a painful election for Maryland. Hope I'm wrong. And last but not least, nothing. Thank you. Well, thank you. Thank, thank you. you. So, there you go. There you go. Poll results, award nominees. Uh, December 1st is when you will have the opportunity to cast your vote in the next Red Maryland poll. There you but go. But also... Sorry, but also for uh, for the, the 2018 Red Maryland Awards. So, of go. course, as I said, your votes count for 20% of the total. That's right. And the complete results will be at redmaryland.com. And they'll be the first item on our newsletter. As this week. they always are. Um, so, Greg, real quick, let's get to this other story. Okay. I want to. Okay. This, this is it's, it's fun time. So we need to have some fun. Um, well, we will get to this quickly, and then we'll be on our way correct. and enjoy our... Headline from the Washington Post. Holiday weekend. 
This man is about to launch himself in his homemade rocket to prove the Earth is flat. <laughs> I say again, this man is about to launch himself in his homemade rocket to prove the Earth is flat. <sighs> I, you know, I I know that there are some people who Do you want to play the video clip weird... for this, too? There's a video clip, apparently. I don't know. Let's just read it. Okay. I mean, people have left the Earth and looked back and seen that it's round. Well, Greg, don't you know that those were faked in, somewhere in Utah? Don't you know that? No, don't tell that to Buzz Aldrin. I'll punch you in the face. As you should. Seeking, you to should. seeking to prove that a conspiracy of astronauts fabricated the shape of the Earth, a California man intends to launch himself 1,800 feet, 1800 feet high on Saturday in a rocket he built from scrap metal. Assuming the 500-mile-per-hour, mile-long flight through the Mojave Desert does not kill him. That's a pretty big assumption, by the way. Mike Hughes told the Associated Press his journey into the Atmos flat will mark the first phase of his ambitious Flat Earth space program. (laughs) This isn't The Onion. This is the Washington freaking post, okay? (laughs) Hughes' ultimate goal is a subsequent launch that puts him miles above the Earth where the 61-year-old limousine driver hopes to photograph proof of the disc we all live on. I'll shut the door on this ball, Earth, Hughes said in a fundraising interview with a Flat Earth group for Saturday's flight. Theories discussed during the interview included NASA being controlled by round Earth Freemasons. Sure, well, of course. And Elon Musk making fake rockets from blimps. (laughs) Hughes promised the Flat Earth community that he would expose the conspiracy with his steam-powered rocket which will launch of from a hev- steam which will launch from a heavily modified mobile home. Though he acknowledged that he still had much to learn about rocket science. Yeah, well, I think he take the rocket away there too. This whole tech thing, he said in the June interview, I'm really behind the eight ball. That said, Hughes isn't a totally unproven engineer. He set a Guinness World Record in 2002 for a limousine jump, according to Ars Technica, and has been building rockets for years. Albeit with mixed results. Mixed results. Okay, Waldo, three, two, one, someone yells in a test fire video from 2012. There's a brief hiss of boiling water, then nothing. So Hughes walks up to the engine and pokes it with a stick, at which point a thick cloud of steam belches out towards the camera. He built his first manned rocket in 2014, the Associated Press reported, and managed to fly a quarter of a mile over Winkleman, Arizona. As seen in a YouTube video, the flight ended with Hughes being dragged, moaning from the remains of the rocket. The injuries he suffered put him in a walker for two weeks, he said. Keep keep scrolling. This isn't over yet. And the 2014 was only a quarter of the distance of Saturday's mile-long attempt, and it was based on round-earth technology. Ah. Hughes only recently converted to flat-eartherism after struggling for months to raise funds for his follow-up flight over the Mojave. Ah. It was originally scheduled for early 2016 in a Kickstarter campaign from garage to outer space that mentioned nothing about Illuminati, astronauts, and was themed after a NASCAR event. We want to do this and basically thumb our noses at all these billionaires trying to do this, Hughes said in the pitch video standing in his Apple Valley, California living room, which he had plastered with drawings of Rise Rockets. They have not put a man in space yet, Hughes said. There are 20 different space agencies here in America. And I'm the last person that's put a man in a rocket and launched it. <laughs> Comparing himself to Evil Knievel, he promised to launch himself from a California racetrack that year as the first step in his steam-powered leap towards space. The Kickstarter raised 310 of its $150,000. Oh, he's dollars. practically there. 
Hughes made other pitches, including a plan to fly over Texas in a sky limo, but he complained to Ars Technica last year about the difficulty of funding his dreams on a chauffeur's meager salary. Yeah, that's his biggest problem. A year later, he called into a Flat Earth Community web show to announce that he had become a recent convert. We were, ki- ki- we were kind of looking for new sponsors for this, and I'm a believer in the Flat Earth, Hughes said. I researched it for several months. The host sounded impressed. Hughes had actually flown in a rocket, he noted, whereas astronauts were merely paid actors performing in front of a CGI globe. <laughs> Come on! John Glenn and Neil Armstrong are Freemasons, Hughes agreed. Once you understand that, you understand the roots of the deception. The host talked of Elon Musk's fake reality, right. and Hughes talked of Antichrist Illuminati stuff, end quote. After half an hour of this, the host told his 300-some listeners to back Hughes' exploration of space. While there is no one hypothesis for what the Earth is supposed to look like, many believers envision a flat disk ringed by sea ice, which naturally holds the oceans in. What's beyond the sea ice, if anything, remains to be discovered. We need an individual who's not compromised by the government, the host told Hughes, and you could be that man. A flat Earth GoFundMe subsequently raised nearly $8,000 for Hughes. By November, the AP reported that his $20,000 rocket had a fancy coat of Rust-Oleum paint and research flat earth inscribed on the side. I'm sure the good people at Rust-Oleum want to be associated with this doctor. <laughs> While his flat earth friends helped him get the thing built, the AP reported Hughes will be making adjustments right up to Saturday's launch. But he won't be able to test the rocket before he climbs inside and attempts to steam himself at 500, 500 miles an hour across a mile of desert air. And even if it's a success, he promises backers an even riskier launch for the next year into the space above the disk. He told Ars Technica last year that the second phase of his mission might involve floating in a balloon up to 20,000 feet above the ground, then rocket packing himself into outer space. It's scary as hell, Hughes told the AP, but none of us are getting out of this world alive. That is the most accurate statement he has said. Well, that I, I mean, if you want to agree on something. That's this is good. true, and yet some hope to live to see its edges. Okay. Do you want to play the video? I think we Where's got Where's the a, video? Way at the top. This guy's a nut. Yes. Check it out, dog. Got the walk. Oh, come you got on. The... No, 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 I'm not playing your, I'm not playing your advertisements. Yeah. Remember when he was a thing? Yeah, he's lost some weight, it looks like. On that show? Yeah. Oh, it's just okay, dog. Yeah. And really, self-taught rocket builder. That's. Oh, here we go. I think you have to go down to the bottom now. Oh. Oh, oh it's just the music. Oh. I don't want that. Right. Well, we don't want you. There's a link at redmail.com. You can check it out. These people vote. Uh, yeah. Well, this guy's a nut, and maybe he's not even. Maybe he doesn't. Maybe he's a recent convert to raise some money. But there are stupid people out there. Look. People have shot rock. I mean, the curvature of the Earth is not a... You can see it, it from a plane. <laughs> it's okay? a provable phenomenon. People have flown around the Earth, and they've gone in rockets, and we've seen people in rockets go up. So, you know, there's lots of eyewitnesses. I mean, it's one thing to say they faked the moon landing, but there really was a rocket that went up, you know, that people saw it. The space station orbits the Earth. You can see it. Yeah, I, you know, it, it would take an awful lot of work to fake all of that. As I, as I tell people frequently when well, talking about... It actually take about, a lot less work to actually do it than to fake it. Yeah, and also, you know, I mean, how how would you have a conspiracy that large and, like, not have it be painfully exposed? Yeah. yeah. I mean, this is a lot bigger and than... this work. guy's going to be the one to expose it? Well, he's flying I mean, all of this truth has been, you know, 
None of us have been able to find the truth. The billions of people live on this planet, except for this knuckle well, knob in favorite, Florida or whatever. My favorite part Arizona. is he's going to fly his rocket to 1,800 feet. I mean, I, I don't know about you, Greg. I've flown at 37,000 feet in the comfort of a nothing. I think it's a, having a I thought it said 18,000 feet. No, it's 1,800 okay. feet. All right. Yeah, he's not going to disprove anything. Uh, he might get dismembered in the yeah, process. Yeah, maybe. Maybe. Oh, these people vote, man. I don't know if he votes. So you assume that they may vote, and it would just scary. But um, anyway, yeah, terrifying. Well, let's go ahead and wrap this up. Let's wrap it up. Um, of course, thank you all for listening. Thank you, and, and everybody. Yes, everybody who participated in the poll. We of course have a whole litany of shows available for you to listen to on Fridays. Can we not use litany? We've we've talked about this. Would you rather litany use- has a litany has a negative connotation? We have, we a, have whole, a plethora. We have a, a suite. Of shows, we we have a suite of shows on Fridays, not this Friday, but on Fridays, yes, uh, we have uh, Red Maryland Election Focus, That's which right. will return next week. Lots of interviews last week in the show we did. Check that out. Sundays we have another brand new episode of the Air Raid. Yeah, yours truly. Uh, got a lot of people listening to this week's show. I was it was surprised that people were as interested awesome. in the topic of the Bay Bridge construction as a lot always. of people care about that. Good stuff. Tuesdays, usually conservative refuge. Occasionally yes. we have conservative refuge with Frank Klein. Right. And, of course, we'll be back on our regular night of Thursdays for the flagship Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. Next of course, week. throughout the week, Rob Carson. Yeah. Bringing you national stuff. Great here. stuff. Bunch of new Rob Carsons just went up. Go to RedMaryland.com. Check them out. Indeed. Uh, go to RedMaryland.com for all things Red Maryland. Um, hey, look, when you when you do your Cyber Monday shopping, go to RedMaryland.com, click on the Support Us link, and click on the Amazon link. And make your purchases through an Amazon link. Yeah, we get a we get a chunk of that. It doesn't cost anything doesn't cost extra. You You're going to spend the money anyway. Cost you the same amount, but we get a little bit, and it helps us out. Help, it's just a couple of clicks. We help, appreciate help it. Help you boys out, okay? Uh, while you're there, by the way, you can also just donate directly to us, paypal.me slash redmaryland, if you want to go the direct route. Every little bit helps. Or, or of course, zazzle.com slash redmaryland. Let's see if you can outdo the flat earthers. <laughs> zazzle.com slash redmaryland is how you can buy some Red Maryland Network swag. That's right. And by the way, we're going to be changing some of that out soon. So if you want your 10th anniversary shirts, you better get them fast, okay? Get them. 10th anniversary is almost over. Yeah. The year of Red Maryland celebrating its 10th anniversary is almost over. By the almost. way, there will not be 11th anniversary t-shirts. That would be kind of lame. It would be. It would be. Get the 10th anniversary. Our biggest seller, by the way. No, our, it's Save no, Our Flag. Our Save Our Flag. Save Our Flag, which still is also selling. still available. Still selling those, by the way. Still available. Still a great seller. Still one you're going to want to get. Because that, that's coming back. Don't don't you oh, yeah. uh, don't you forget and that. And by the way, on that Support Us link, there's also play ways you can download our flyers and be part of our street team. Promote yeah. Red Maryland. Uh, it also has the link to subscribe to the Red Maryland Network programming. It Look, helps. if you're driving a, somewhere this weekend... What Perfect better time. way than to spend it with if Red you were Maryland. subscribed, you get this show, you get you get last week's show, you get Brian's air rate, you get everything. On, and you great. can do that on iTunes, Stitcher, Spreaker, the TuneIn Radio app, and Google Play. There you go. By the way, I'm, sidebar, Greg, Greg's been big on Stitcher for years. Yes. And I get it now. Oh, oh there I, you go. I, I get it. Now that, I, now that I've moved over to Android, I don't, I don't have iTunes available, but now that I can, I was listening to something, I was at home today, I listened to it, I paused it, I picked it up where, exactly where I was on the yeah. way over here tonight. So it's awesome going from device to device. That's awesome. Absolutely. Yes. So and you can download all those to the device of your choice, by the way. Uh, you can also subscribe to our newsletter, as many of you do and many of you enjoy, where we put our poll results at the top of the newsletter. It's a number one item. Promise. Yeah. And um, also our social media, Facebook.com slash Red Maryland. We know we're you're on, all on Facebook. Twitter at Red yeah. Maryland. We're yeah. on Instagram at Red Maryland. 
And, of course, you can share that with your friends, share that with your family. That helps a lot. Just sharing our articles, letting people know about the shows, it's great. Your neighbors may not know about us. So put our stuff on your neighborhood, like, Facebook group. Yeah. Or your next door group or whatever. Reach out, yeah. Reach out and touch someone. That's a great Someone heard us. uh, One of of the people I go to church with heard me on the radio on Saturday. There you go. Red Maryland said, was that you? Yes. There you go. Red Maryland. Help us out. Get the word out. You don't know who might be listening and interested in a fan. Exactly. Just let them know. Um, If you want to email us, redmaryland at gmail.com is how you're going to want to do that. And uh, the Red Maryland Talkback Line, 410-205-4875. What's that number? 410-205-4875. We will feature your comments on a future Red Maryland Network program. Greg, final thoughts. Thanks for listening. Thanks for participating. Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Happy Thanksgiving Thanksgiving to you, my friend. Yes, you as well. You and your family. Have a wonderful, safe Thanksgiving, everybody. And if you can't have a safe Thanksgiving, what is that number one more time? Well, be safe, but if you find yourself a foul of the law, 410-541-6384. That's 541-6DUI. Yes. There you go. So for everybody here at the network, thank you very much for listening, and happy Thanksgiving. Yes, for Greg Klein, I am Brian Griffiths. You have been listening to Red Maryland Radio on the Red Maryland Network. I love technology, too, by the way, if I've never mentioned that. It's great. Our final music will play. Just play something. Oh.